This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10OFF, T-E-N-O-F-F, for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. to this week's episode of Everything Went Black. My brother Evan Hopper joins us this week. We talk about the brand new Quell record, which is forthcoming, and I treat you guys with a taste of what's to be expected on a new record with the new single, Hymn to the Black and Maw, which is the outro for this week's episode. And um, I uh, guest on this. I do some vocal stylings, and it was a lot of fun, and um, Evan's a good friend, and Quell is a great band. And I hope you guys enjoy this. And after you listen to this, be sure to check out the rest of the Horsemen of the Podcasting Apocalypse. Monday, we have Brandon Legion bringing us Horror Wolf 666. On Tuesday, Into the Necrosphere, brought to you by Jackie Smith. Of course, today is Wednesday, which is Everything Went Black. On Thursdays, I return with my co-hosts, Mike Scandato and Jeff Kashid for Necromaniacs. On Sunday, the Lord's Day, our own Dark Lord, Carl Hikara, brings us Soul Knox for all things macabre, occult, and esoteric. And now Carl and I have been doing this really interesting project uh, called Darkness Weaves, where we alternate episodes every month and discuss the work of Carl Edward Wagner, one of the most underrated weird fiction, horror, dark fantasy authors in the world, in my opinion. I mean, he should be up there with Robert E. Howard, H.P. Lovecraft, all the greats. And um, for some reason, his work has become uh, overlooked, and we're trying to change that. If you want to support the show, in addition to listening to it and sharing it with your friends, head on over to the Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can support the show, and that gives you access to all of the bonus material, which comes out pretty much every week. Uh, we have separate shows on there. We have a weekly staff picks that comes out on Fridays to help bring you into the weekend. For $5 a month, you get all the bonus material plus early access to the weekly shows. For $25 a month, you can become a sponsor where I give you an ad read for a project, a band, a business, whatever it is. I give you one live ad read a month at the beginning of the episode, similar to what we do at Portland Distro. And without further ado, onward. All right, man. We have a uh, pretty intense heavy metal weekend coming up, don't we? We absolutely do. The, uh, the whole point of us originally planning this big weekend was uh, around uh, seeing Emperor tonight. Abs- yes, yes. Yeah, that's like been a distant goal that's been on my calendar for several months man so the same i've been looking forward to this for many months and uh 
But then we got to have a um, a pleasant surprise because one of your friends was uh, uh, down from Canada playing music as well on Friday, which was also an unexpected surprise. And of course, we're talking about uh, Therese Lance of Mares of Thrace, who has appeared on this show uh, several months ago. And um, that was, she was in New York, along with Austerity Program, and um, playing at a place called TVI out in Ridgewood, Queens. And it was a, a fun night. And I invited you to come down a little bit early, and we made a big weekend out of it. Yeah, and it's been great. I mean, um, um, both both bands you just mentioned, I, I had never seen live before. And uh, I was slightly familiar with, with Mares, but um, not at all with the other act. And uh, the, the performance, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with it. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen the Austerity Program a bunch of times. They've been around for a while. They were on Hide Your Head. Um, for back you know years ago and uh justin foley is um the you know the guy who sings and plays guitar is uh, a friend of mine now, both both the gentlemen in that band are friends of mine and um yeah i hadn't seen them play in years so it was really cool to catch them live and they had a bunch of new material and um it was it was, it was great and yeah of course yeah. uh you know therese i met her like damn like back in maybe at least 10 years ago i've known her maybe 12 and uh she used to play bass in ken mode right and uh, we met at um, a South by Southwest showcase years ago, and uh, we've been you know friends ever since. She's really cool. Yeah, and and I mean, she packs quite a punch with her performance. You know, it's just a two piece band, but you know they you know they really embrace that whole wall of sound concept, like both figuratively and literally, because they had like what was it? I think three or four different amps that they oh, yeah, run yeah. at the same time. Yeah, like, there, was, there was a lot of firepower. On yeah, stage yeah, a for lot sure, of firepower. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know what, man? You're besides from my girlfriend Tina. You're the only person that's you're my second guest in this apartment. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Man, well, awesome. Tina's well. been the only the other person to come here, and um, I've only been living here for a couple of weeks. Well, it's definitely. Uh, uh, I mean, the last place we had was nice, but this is definitely a step up. Um, I love the area that you're in, and I, I really like the actual the actual spot itself. The place you live in is is very. Uh, it's it's open it's warm it's you know in and uh and you're just like so close to the a cool downtown area in jersey city and yeah. and there's like just a lot going on i mean you and i went for an awesome walk uh yesterday um it was you know maybe two miles from your place but all of a sudden we found ourselves on a park bench looking over like the the, the entirety of new york city yeah. like and i mean and it was it's everything that as a as a visitor to the north, you know people who may or may not know me is uh, I, I'm from uh, the D.C. area, so I don't make it up up here to the New York area very often, and uh, and so for me it's it's really exciting because um, you're like in the thick of it, and I and I get to benefit from that whenever I come up and visit <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, and just just the area is cool. Like we found that killer uh, guitar shop yesterday and they had great effects and cool like you know guitars and amps and stuff there yeah yeah i wish i i knew that remember the name of the place i would shout it out right now but that was cool and the the guy behind the counter was super not only was he um you know uh accommodating but he was also like super knowledgeable and excited and i always like when someone's excited about you know whatever you know it is and, and in this case we're talking about like pedals and guitars but you know as soon as we asked him a couple of questions, we saw his, he lit up and was like, oh, you like this? Let me show you this thing. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. I got this thing in the back. Let me grab it and show you that, you know? And I always love that kind of thing. 
Also, what's cool is they do um, tech work in there too. They do like setups and you know they change out pickups and repairs and all that kind of stuff. Right, which is you know hopefully going to be super helpful for you in the future too. Well, that's yeah. what I'm thinking, man. Like any any time, like you know, I want to get a you know set up for recording or go out on the road, and you know that would be the spot that's only like a ten minute walk from here. Right. I mean, right. I'm not going to carry all my gear up there. When no, walking, no, no. But you know, it's like close by. You know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. But uh, primarily, I wanted to talk about the projects you got. Um, you know, the uh, of course, there's Quell, and there's a new record you're working on. Yeah, almost yeah. done now. Um, I, I literally in the the final stages of mastering and, and post production, and uh, um, just going to be figuring out as far as um, you know. I always do limited runs um, of of physical uh, media, and uh, so um, just trying to figure out where the timeline lies with that. And then I will release a single. And, um, but as far as I'm concerned, like everything's done really music wise, everything is done. It's just all the, like the last little finishing touches of everything. So yeah, I've heard almost, I've, I've heard the whole thing. Right? Yeah. 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 There's any, any other tracks that you don't you know, play me? No, no, you heard everything. And, uh, and, and also I, I think it's, uh, it's okay to say this now, um, that you, uh, actually do a guest spot on, on this record. And, uh, and I was very thankful for that. And I think, and I, I, I don't know about you, but I think it turned out very well. Well, you know, it's hard to be objective about your own performance. Yeah, sure, 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 <laughs> sure, sure. Like, to me, I'd like, oh man, like he's cringy, you know, but like, uh, I, I thank you for asking me. And I, you know, it's, it means a lot to me when people ask me to collaborate with them or, or contribute in this case, I don't really collaborate because I just sang the lyrics that you wrote, but, but it's nice to contribute. And I, it's meaningful to me when people will ask me to do stuff like that because then they trust that I will provide something that is, has worth to the project. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate uh, that. I, I wrote this song, uh, that you, the one that you're, you're featured on. Um, I wrote that probably about, um, six months ago and before I even had lyrics, uh, just the overall vibe of the song. Um, I knew, I knew that, I was going to, I wanted you on it and I had, and then it was, you know, that I was put to task of, you know, how do I, how do I figure out how to incorporate you into it? And, uh, but it, it worked out. I had the vision and not only were you, you know, I had the vision before I even really asked you, but I was really glad that you accepted, uh, and, and, and you, you nailed the performance in my opinion. So I'm excited for Thank people you. to hear that. Yeah. I mean, it's it was, like I said, it's a great song and, and the part that you had envisioned for me was, was a lot of what I'm trying to do in my other creative um, invent adventures. <laughs> and that's kind of one of the reasons why I also thought you would have fun with it, you know? And, and, uh, and so I was like, I was sort of, you know, it would, it, it, it would be easy to, uh, to ask you to like, you know, Hey, I need, I need you to just do like, you know, the black metal vocals that you do, you know, but, but I actually um, really wanted to try and incorporate some of your other you know, creative abilities and uh and so yeah i i mean like i said very excited for people to hear that track and the and the album overall and um i think uh, i think people are gonna like it i hope i hope i always you know hope what, what i noticed you know the, the run through that i had of the record is that there's a lot more death metal influences on this record yeah um so i i started i started off my you know my musical journey uh in death metal and inspired by bands like Morbid Angel and Gore Guts. And, and then it was later in my path, like, you know, in my, my mid teens, um, 
you know, 17, 18, uh, when I became aware of black metal and started to really delve into that kind of stuff. And that's, uh, that, that kind of grasped me and gripped me and, and pulled me into that direction. So I, I worked, I worked in, in that field for a while, but, um, and, and I have no uh, problem admitting this. Uh, I spent, I spent a lot of time, uh, since I've been back to the States, I spent a lot of time listening to, uh, the, uh, the last werewolves album oh, that yeah. came out. And, uh, and that, that really just, it, it got me excited. I hadn't been really playing music. So I had just moved back from Sweden and I was dealing with a lot of like personal stuff. And so, um, I wasn't really focused at, on, on, on doing any more quell. I, I was going to eventually, but at the time I wasn't. And then I, you know, I heard, uh, in particular, I heard the, the track, you know, we are better than you. And, uh, I just loved it. I just loved that track. It got me really, you know, you know, just amped up. So, um, one of the, one of the very first songs that I wrote for this new album was a death metal song. And, uh, and then it sort of just like, it, you know, how, how those things go. One, one thing leads you to another thing. So like I started writing more in that and then, but I didn't want to get too far away, so I, I still incorporated black metal songs. And like, and for instance, the song that you're 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 featured on um, is also a black metal song. But but I uh, I thought it was it, it would be a fun project to sort of deviate a little bit from what you know. The last album was was pretty much a strictly black metal album, and uh, I wanted to try and incorporate you know a little bit of everything. And also, I tried some new stuff that what you heard and other people will hear soon. Uh, I, I try to incorporate some more, uh, like some more styles with my my vocals as well. I had done a little bit of that on uh, the Cult is Dead, um, where I I had tried to do some singing and stuff like that. But I was a little bit I was even more so experimental, and that was um, that was also kind of driven because of a, a the other project that I'm working on is more vocal oriented, and so I was trying to uh, see. Uh, and then not go overboard with it, but but to see what I could incorporate tastefully into this Quell project as well. Yeah, I was going to mention the vocals then, because there, there's definitely some cool like techniques that you do uh, production wise. And um, I forgot what song it was, but you know the titles aren't really stuck in my head this at sure. this moment. But the one where there's like this monotone, like clean vocal, and like there's I think just three vocal tracks that you're you're employing on that track. It, it's uh, well, it's two, but uh, yeah, that one is uh, will be the uh, title track of the album, which uh, is yet to to be announced yet. But um, that one, yeah, that one was uh, that was actually kind of a spontaneous moment. I was. Um, I, I had already written the lyrics and I was I was recording the vocals and I wasn't really kind of for whatever reason every everything I attempted wasn't really like working and and I tried to do it I tried to do it more like a spoken word at first and then I wasn't liking that and then I, so I tried to do like with the more traditional black metal style vocals and I wasn't really feeling that and then I just I had had written I had you know, all the, you know, the rough tracks recorded there. So I just, <laughs> I just, uh, soloed two of those tracks, one of being the, the monotone spoken word and one being the, the more traditional black metal. 
and played around with the levels a little bit. And I was like, hey, this actually sounds kind of cool. So then I went back and actually recorded like, you know, more serious, but with that intention in mind. And I, I did like the result too. It's yeah, something nah, I've never it, done before. It jumped out at me when we were listening to it. I was like, man, that's actually cool. I'm going to have to steal that idea for yeah, You absolutely can. <laughs> you absolutely can. You know, that's, I mean, one thing about music, as you know, too, like we're influenced by, you know, our peers and, and you know, and, and hopefully we will take that in, inspiration and then, you know, go further with it, you know, so I hope to do hear something like that in, in your music too. That'd be really cool. Like, cause you're going to do it differently than I do it, obviously. So like, it'll be like, it'll be interesting to see what you come up with, with something like that, you know? So, and, sorry, sorry man. No, what, what were you going to say? The last thing too is, um, yeah, I messed around with that a little bit. Um, I did some others like, um, clean vocals, but, uh, I think once people hear this, the, they'll, they'll hear it, that it's, uh, it's appropriate. It, it fits, you know, it's not clean vocals for the, the sake of like, you know, making it more accessible by any means. It was just that there were certain parts in the music that, um, when I would record everything, you know, with the more extreme harsh vocals and stuff, it, I felt that it wasn't really doing what I wanted it to do, whatever I had like, envisioned in my mind. So, some of the stuff, and I hope people will will feel the same way. Some of the the other vocals that are that aren't harsh vocals and stuff, the spoken words or the the clean singing and stuff like that. Um, I I feel they actually make the song. You know, they make the parts of the songs that I have those parts on shine more and work work better instead of instead of like you know having a really cool guitar riff, but then you know sort of drowning it out with just like you know crazy harsh vocals. You know, I wanted to. Uh, you know sort of amplify the maybe um the, the you know the whole song as itself and make it work as a, a straight unit not not try to like uh not try to like sh you know just you know show off or anything like that but like think think more song-mindedly whereas like everything is you know for the bigger picture well that, that's the thing these days it seems in the recent years um especially in black metal uh the use of clean vocals is not necessarily um to gain any kind of uh, commercial appeal but for example what comes to mind is um a band like mayhem you know mm -hmm. they use a lot of clean vocals but there's nothing commercial about anything <laughs> no, not at all and i just think that's cool that you know the perception is that harsh vocals it's like the normal thing to do to, to create intensity and extremity in music but you know nowadays it feels like a cleaner vocal approach like a more melodic approach is still equally as intense and aggressive and extreme yeah. when and you and i like a lot of um you know post-punk goth music and things that are uh, you know, similar but but outside of the 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 realm of metal and and one of the things that i find very attracted to that stuff is that you can have a vocalist that has uh, an amazing vocal range but it still comes across as dark and foreboding, yeah. you know? And, and so that was actually also like a, a challenge that I imposed upon myself to like, how do I do this without sounding poppy or, you know, like, you know, uh, like trivium or something like that and actually make it like, make it, you know, still dark and foreboding and have that, have that dark atmosphere, but, but do it with, you know, this, this, this cleaner style. And so that was a fun little project. And I think, I think I did. I did what I, I did. What I was set out to do, and I look forward to expanding upon this and, and seeing where I can take that. 
Now this this record is also uh, self released and self produced and everything, and and uh, you you work with an engineer for mixing, right? Yes, yeah, a buddy of mine, Mike Mike Sigler. Um, I've known him. In fact, the very first Quell EP uh, he helped me put out, um, but. And at the time when I put out the the first Quell EP, um, I wasn't really, I wasn't really thinking about making it public. It was just sort of a thing for me, um, for myself. And uh, and then he was there. Um, I I moved to Sweden, and then I I got involved with a buddy out there of mine, this guy Patrick. And um, on that second EP, um, Patrick did the recording and and a lot of the the sound engineering, but Mike was still a prod of, uh, was still a part of of that EP. He helped with the the final mixing and mastering, and then I went on to the last album, which was strictly done by Patrick, um, as far as the sound engineering aspect was concerned. And then when I moved back to the states, uh, Patrick was uh, was not available. And um, I was starting to, you know, wanted, I wanted to do uh, this again. And I hadn't talked to Mike for a little while, and, um, but I reached out to him. And he's, he's an old homie. I've known him for quite a long time. I, you know, we lived very close to each other out in California. And so I, I hit him up again and told him what I was uh, trying to do. And, and he, had, uh, unbeknownst to me, had um, started to um, kind of pursue sound engineering even more um, professionally and had done a few other, other artist albums. So um, this was, uh, it was, it was kind of like everything came full circle, you know, from the start back to, you know, back to the front, you know, and, and so, yeah, I did all the tracking, um, all the songwriting, of course, and then Mike has been working very closely with me um, in doing all the sound engineering, um, helping add some flourishes to a lot of the, the, the drums that I programmed in the beginning, um, and and a lot of the all the a lot of the post production stuff as well and and it's been great working with him again and uh, I'm excited I mean we're both of us feel like this is it's a joint effort like a, we're we're both very much involved in this project even though like you know it's it's my namesake you know on the thing but I consider it every bit as part of his album as it is my album yeah that's cool and, and but you all the tracking you do at home right yeah I do all the tracking at home. Um, the vocals I did at home, um, everything, everything as far as like the, the, the meat and potatoes of the music, um, was just done by myself in my, in my home studio. Yeah. Man, it's a crazy world we live in. Cause like, you know, back, you know, a couple of decades ago, none of this would be even possible. Really. No, I mean, I, I remember my first band that recorded anything. We thought it was a big deal because we bought this. We bought this Yamaha AG16 uh, or AW16G rather, and it was a, a a digital workstation, but it was like a mixer, and you had two XLR, XLR inputs, and then like I think something like eight quarter inch jacks on the back, and you know we we recorded the band on that thing, but it was like all clunky. You had like a, a two inch by four inch green, like screen that you had to work with and do yeah. everything on. And you had to, you could write to disc directly from the mixer, but like, you know, it would take you an hour just to burn one CD because right. it had to render everything down and yeah. like, and it was, and it was cutting edge at the time. But I mean, now, you know, now I've got a, an interface that like I can hold in, in one hand, and I, I recorded this whole album on a laptop, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, it's funny because, like, you go, even if you go into, like, some 
legit studios, like big time. You know, it, you're recording on a computer. You know, yeah. It's crazy. You yeah. Know? And it's like now computers are getting smaller and faster and more efficient and everything's getting smaller. You know, it's but like back then, you know, you'd have to do something like that or like a four track or something right, like that crazy. Right. And Mike's also taught me a whole lot. Like, I mean, I, I've been working with, um, I've been working with Reaper for a long time, but I, I'm the type of guy that like you, if you give me something like that, I'll ask you like, okay, teach me how to do what I want to do real quick and I'll figure out the rest later. So, you know, I, I, you know, I was very primitive in, in my ability to use that doll and Mike, uh, Mike uses logic, but he, he started on, on Reaper and he taught me like, you know, all these tricks, you know, all the hot keys and, and how to really like, how to really, uh, edit, you know, when you're tracking and stuff like that. And, and I learned so much from this process. It's been for me personally, it's this whole process of this newest quell album. Not only do I think it's personally, I think it's the best thing that I've recorded to date, but I, I also have learned quite a bit about how to do this properly and to move forward. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great experience, honestly, doing it this way. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh, there's so many different workstations out there too now, or uh, you know, DAWs that sure. you can use. And um, it's funny that how many people actually use Logic. You know what I mean? To like mm. that, not not so much like for composing, because I've always looked at Logic as a composition, you know, platform. Okay, yeah. And uh, but actually for for producing for tracking and producing records. Sure. You know, like, like bands. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause most people I knew that originally were using logic were like DJs or guys who were doing like, you know, people doing electronic music, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, where or film scores where you had to like, you know, come up with like different loops for drums and all that kind of thing, you know? And now it's like a lot of people, I know Will Putney uses, um, logic and I think he mixes in pro tools or something like that. Sure. The stems. Yeah, it's just cool, like all the all the different options you have these days. When it's nice too for like someone like me, you know, like um, I have I have sat behind a computer that has Pro Tools on it, and it is not a very user friendly thing. And I think that's by design in a lot of ways. You know, they the you know it's because it's the studio standard, and they expect you to actually you know learn this thing from the ground up the program from the ground up and it, for someone like me that is that just wants to record music um it's a hard it's a hard doll to work with but you get things like uh reaper or audacity or um or logic and uh it opens up the possibility that hey i can actually do this you know i mean i might need help along the way but this is this is feasible now you know yeah pro tools is set up like like yeah, that's one of like the, the oldest you know first platforms. So it's really designed around if you worked on an analog board, right? You know the way like all the, the strips and everything are set up, and the faders and the routing for the uh, inner, you know the inserts and mm-hmm. the aux ends and everything. It's set up as if you're sitting in front of a, a console, yeah. You know, but it just became a digital version of a console. You know everything else now with the age of people just just primarily using their own resources and using uh you know computers now it's like a program for recording as opposed to a model of a tactile recording concept yeah i i I see what you're saying yeah that makes sense too right yeah but um you know i i uh i recommend anybody who anybody who's you know maybe wants to, to try and their hand at recording and stuff like that you know i mean go on 
go on Reaper or in, you know you can download it for free. I paid for it just because I've used it for so long. I felt kind of like I should give these guys some money for sure. it. You know? yeah. But even when you pay for it, it's like $60. It's not expensive. And uh, there's tons of tutorials on YouTube that'll walk you through like, and, and you'll, you'll find that like, it's actually, um, you know, it's, it's, it's reasonable to use and it's a pretty powerful system, you know, considering that it, you know, it's, it's not, not a huge, not huge in size, nor, uh, you know, you, the system requirements aren't a lot. So even if you have like a, a, a less than adequate computer, you know, like I said, I did all this on a, a laptop and, uh, and it ran fine, you know, and like. Even it, you know, if you if you got like a million million tracks with a lot right. of uh, you know plugins and stuff like that, that'll start to bog things down a bit. But if you're just doing like you know, you know two guitar tracks, a bass, and some drums and some vocals, like it'll it'll run that all like perfectly fine with no problem. Now, one of the things that kind of came out recently too, and you got some more stuff, is that uh, venereal latrine project that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, venereal latrine was. Um, was actually started um, because I had, like I had mentioned, I had I was trying to get back into writing Quell stuff again, and I did write, you know, the the first song, which I had mentioned, you know, was kind of inspired by listening to Werewolves, but then I I just started to have um, some writer's block, and I remembered a, an article I read a long time ago that uh, with a an, I can't remember even what the art who the artist was, but um, that whenever whenever he had writer's block, he would try and and do something that was outside of his comfort zone musically. And I had always wanted to um, do some, you know, more electronic style music. Um, I'm a big Depeche Mode fan, and uh, and I really um, you know I've been inspired by that music, but never really felt like it was something that I I could do. And so. Um, I I got a a little MIDI keyboard and I started messing around with that and before I knew it I I was writing songs and I was um actually um feeling like creative in a way that you know I, I hadn't felt in a long time so I I kind of followed up with that and and followed down that path for a little bit and and then I released the the very first EP of of Venereal Latrine and not thinking really much of it, more or less like just, you know, here's something I did. This is a, a, a part of me, a part of my expression. Uh, and here it is. Listen to it. If you like it, you like it. It's free. So, so you just go and find it on Bandcamp and download it for free. And um, and what I found was I actually got a lot of positive feedback from it. And I also found that I was really, really enjoying the process of writing music like that. So... Um, I showed you some some of the new stuff. Um, I have a I already have another I have another seven songs already like written and done, and um, and I plan on doing the same thing. Um, I've released one new single already on Bandcamp and Spotify, but uh, I plan on just releasing it again as a free thing. Um, that's fine with me, you know. Until uh, you know, if if I start doing, you know, one of the things about Quell versus this this other thing, Venereal Latrine, uh, is you know, with Quell, there's 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 actual like my money involved, you know. I I pay people to help me, and I I pay for the physical media and all that sure. kind of stuff. So, I uh, I don't charge 
like more than what is required for me to recoup my money. But I do, I do want to recoup my money, you know, uh, as much as I do just, you know, do this for love, I still would like to, you know, make something back on it. But with Venera Latrine, I, I just enjoy writing it and I don't have any physical media currently. So, um, I'm just putting it out there and, and allowing people to just, you know, digest it as they will. And then, you know, and if you end up not liking it, you don't feel like you got ripped off cause you didn't, you know, have to waste any money. So, but um, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really digging this new thing, and you know I've been even considering possibly taking it um, on the road because you know the one thing with Quell is that Quell, even though I'm the one that writes it all, it, it requires a, a band to play it, yeah. and uh, this this venereal train does not. You know I can I can get away with just me on the microphone and then having um, you know just the tracks playing in the background while I sing over stuff. So. Um, I've been considering doing something like that. Just, you know, maybe finding like a, a little club that kind of has more of that dark electronic, you know, feel to it. And maybe just sitting in one night and doing a, a like a, a little 20 minute thing. Something That'd like be that. cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's like, I see more and more people doing stuff like that. Yeah. I saw a lot of that when I was living in Stockholm. Um, I had the privilege of working with, uh, some people that booked shows for, for, you know, more goth, post-punk, uh, uh, like dark wave music. And, um, a lot of those, um, artists were extremely popular artists. They're just a single person or a two piece and, and every bit as expressive and intense as, you know, seeing, I mean, maybe not as intense as seeing something like cannibal corpse, but, <laughs> but it still had a presence on stage. It didn't feel lacking or in any way, shape or form. So, it it gave me hope that that is a that's a, a that's a potential possibility. So. Yeah, that stuff's cool, man. It's and, and a lot of it, I imagine, you know, you can you can get real creative with like atmosphere on stage and you know, kind of like visual stuff and everything. Right, right. I mean, you've been even talking that you would like to do, yeah. might dabble in doing something like not not venereal latrinas, but something where it's like you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh there's some stuff out there already called Vasilek. I mean, I, there's an EP that came out on Translation Loss a number of years ago. And, um, you know, it's electronic stuff. It's instrumental. Uh, but I have been working on other stuff like that. There's that Transfigurations track that come up, came out a couple, maybe a month or two ago. And, um, yeah, just dabbling in it. But I want to do a concerted effort with something like that under the Vasilek name that, uh, that I can perform live with vocals and, you know maybe have like someone help me with some of the electronic stuff like live yeah and just be the singer or something like that yeah know? i think that's awesome man i mean I, and it's i i really i really uh think it's uh, i've seen it you know firsthand with myself i think it's a really good practice to you know to to dab have have your have your your hands in 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 multiple things because uh you know i i definitely saw with uh with the quell that um, I, I was starting to, I was starting to become like a bit, um, too caught up in my own thoughts with, uh, you know, I, I felt that the cult is dead was a really good album and I started to get kind of anxious of like, how do I, how do I top that in my, you know, for myself personally, how do I top that? And, and I would sit and just not be able to write, you know, like I would, you know, I'd dabble or something, but like nothing was sticking and nothing was feeling good. And, and then through this, this uh endeavor with with venereal latrine i 
and not only found an, another style of music that I, I can write and I enjoy writing, but it also gave me that, that, that break that I needed from Quell that when I went back to it, I was excited again. And I, and I felt like, I felt like, you know, I was being creative again. And, uh, so I, I think it's not only is it just a fun thing to do and people, especially, you know, people who already are, are fans of you will enjoy. But on top of that, I think it's a healthy, um, a, a, a healthy exercise. Absolutely. Man. That that's, uh, I found even for myself, cause like, you know, for the last couple of years or, not last couple of years, but the last solid year I've been working on writing the new tombs record. And then you end up making a lot of demos and stuff. And they all, there's a very, there's a similarity to some of the stuff, you know, and then you need a break from it. So, you know, I have, if everyone out there on the Patreon will understand about the begotten sons project that I have, which is done and is going to be coming out this summer just independently and spending time and doing that really, it sort of gives a rest and recovery period for the resources that you need to do the main thing that you're doing. So for my case, it's like working on the begotten son stuff for a few months was cool to give a rest to the muscles I used to make tombs material. And now that that stuff's done, you know, I feel inspired and motivated to get back into the uh, production of, uh, you know, the next record and everything. And you're also like, but you're not, you know, it's like, it's like if you, you're working your arms out, you know, for a couple of days and then you work your legs out for a couple of days. Like you, it's still keeping, it's still keeping your chops up, but, yeah. but exercising different aspects. So I guess in this case, it's like, it's exercising different aspects of your brain without sacrificing your musical ability, which I think is also good. Yeah. You know? No, totally. Yeah, like it was cool to like take a break from tremolo picking and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, while, exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah. And screaming at the top <laughs> of my lungs. Like it was really nice to actually sing for once, you know, I've been, yeah. I've been, you know, doing this screaming thing for <laughs> like 20 years now at this point. And uh, so it was nice to actually try try my hand at singing. Cause I actually enjoy singing um, in my free time. You know, when I, I go to some some of my friends, we'll just sit around with like acoustic guitars and just like play songs that we like, you know, just covers, like just, the, you know, a couple of us doing that kind of thing. And I, and I really, really in, enjoy it, you know, but I just never, like I said earlier, like I, I wasn't sure if I would be able to... Um, to do that and make it my own and make it something that I was like, uh, the original, but like also make it something that I was happy with. And, uh, but it's, like I said, I, I actually have really enjoyed it. And, uh, and I do like, I do like, um, the direction it's going in. So hopefully, um, I'll continue to stay inspired by, uh, this writing style and, and push, push the venereal latrine even further. But, uh, that, yeah, that, um, that project's uh, all uh, that the next EP is is done. All those songs are done. I just need to uh, do some some quick uh, quick mix and mastering, some like limiting, just to make sure all the volumes are are you know the consistent from song to song. But for the most part, it's all done. So that uh, that will also kind of come around, um, you know, soon, very soon. Now, in my in my in, you know, for me, from my point of view, the elephant in the room regarding that project is. What's up with the name? How'd you come up with that name? Uh, to be com <laughs> to be completely honest, um, uh, a friend of mine, um, uh, this person Ray, uh, out in California, we we worked together for a while, and um, they they were uh, uh, talking about the the concept of of uh, well not the concept but they were were talking about 
drag queen names and how all these drag queen names, um, you know, are, are like, they're, they're over the top. Right. And, uh, and so I was thinking about it that day at work and I, I said, I've got the best drag queen name. And the best drag queen name is a uh, venereal latrine because it's, you know, it's like, you know, a dirty sex, like sex toilet, you know? And, uh, and I just loved that name for the longest time. And when I was like thinking about doing this, like, well, the, one of the, one of the things about this musical project is I, I believe that it's equal parts beautiful and dirty at the same time. And, um, you know, cause there's a, a lot of, you know, singing and, and stuff, but the music's darker and, and more foreboding and stuff. And so I was, you know, I was going through a bunch of different names and, and they weren't really, they weren't really sticking with me. I didn't like them. And then I remembered that I had that name a long time ago and it popped in my head one day and I was like, I think this represents this project um, because it, you know, and that's also kind of why like, I, I do the script of the thing in, in cursive and stuff. So it makes it more elegant and it has like an elegant sound to it, like venereal latrine, but it's also like really dirty and nasty. Uh, if you just go by the sound of the word. Yes, mean. exactly. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's both, it's equal parts uh, pretty and dirty at the same time. And that's sort of the, that's really the, the inspiration. But that's where that, where that name came from was uh, me coming up with, if I was a drag queen, what my drag queen name would be. So there's like some irony associated with the name. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it sounds like a, like a grindcore band or something. Like that, <laughs> sure, or like a, sure. Or like a gore grind or, you know, sex grind or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't like, I, I didn't want to make it too, you know, I also didn't want to go down that, you know, like lords of the new church like thing because i'm not like a goth band but like i love those names but like anytime i like personally when i was trying to come up with a name that like sounded something like that it just felt like i was try. it felt like i was actually trying to contrive a name in that genre and and it didn't feel it didn't feel genuine to me to do something like that so that's why i ended up going with something that i'd already created a while back and and that's utilized cool. that yeah yeah that's awesome but so yeah, is that that's also being like independently released through all the different, you know? Like yeah, yeah, that's 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 um, and that one, like I said, that one's actually everything is is done by me. So even the sound engineering aspects of it are done by me. So it's also kind of a learning process for me to get better at mixing all these different elements that are to it. You know, I'll some of these tracks are very minimalistic and only have um, you know maybe three individual tracks you know per song but then there's other ones that have six seven eight um, different MIDI tracks and, and and vocal tracks and sometimes even live instruments as well so I've been I've been learning as I go um, with this new thing so it's but it's actually unlike quell this is actually like everything from the artwork to the music to the sound production is is, is strictly done by myself the the cool thing about it, it has like that monophonic like like keyboard sound. And are you familiar with like any of the early like Human League records? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, is that something that inspired you at all? Uh, some, uh, mostly, mostly though. Uh, it, it's it's been um, things like Depeche Mode, of course. Um, I would say Depeche Mode was is the biggest one, but then um, Swans and uh, you know some nine inch nails and, and things like that were the, were the, the, I guess the initial like bands that I, um, that made me interested in that style of music. But as I went further into learning about that stuff, then I discovered human league. Um, so 
I would say human league has been an influence, but not a, necessarily a conscious, uh, influence. Um, uh, very much so it's been, uh, at least uh, on this most recent thing I'd done, um, the unreleased one, uh, it's been Depeche Mode. I've been trying to, um, you know, I've been listening to and, and, and being inspired by and then seeing how I can, how can I contribute in a world that they already created? Like, yeah, for any, anyone out there who only knows the hit by uh, Human League, it's like uh, definitely check out some of the stuff like 1980, 1979, like around the, that, that era. I think uh, you know, Travelogue, I think, is one of, the, one of the records that is sort of indicative of that style, for sure. Yeah, man, I, and I, 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 I like. I hope that I can, uh, you know, continue to 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 expand on on this. But I do, I do like the. One of the things I, I enjoy about this uh, style of music as well is that it can be minimalistic and but still like powerful and and still affect you in some way, even if it's like, you know, uh, you know, just one one or two instruments in, in a vocal track. Um, it's, uh, it's really, it's really great. And I'm, I'm, I'm constantly discovering things, you know, on my own and through you and, uh, that just, I'm, I'm blown away by, you know, you and I were, um, I'm not writing music like this, but you and I were, were both talking about uh, a band that we both like, uh, Lebanon Hanover and like how that, that's, on, on the surface, it's very simplistic. Um, you know, it's just uh, two people playing, you know, their respective instruments. But as a whole, it, it, it's just, it's so emotional and it has so much power behind it, you know. And, uh, and so I, I, would like to, I would like to continue to explore this, this area of creativity. Yeah. yeah that's awesome, man. So are, are you going to do merch or anything like that for a latrine, a venereal, venereal latrine? <laughs> uh, I, I, I have considered that, um, yeah, instead of, instead of doing like an isolated, like CD or, or vinyl or something per EP, I, I think what I'll do if, if I do anything, um, with Venero currently in the future, I'd like to do, uh, more, but, um, I might try and combine these two EPs into just one release. Um, and then there's a couple B sides as well that I haven't, I didn't include on, on the last EP and uh, I won't include on this one. And I thought, um, you know, maybe doing a vinyl release, uh, that has all, all of it, everything plus B sides, um, on the, you know, so do a, a two sider and, uh, and then just put that out, um, just for, you know, just for now. Um, I've, I've thought about doing, uh, with Quell, I, I'm I'm planning on doing some actual wearable merch, um, and I thought maybe at the same time I I, I might do a Venero latrine thing as well. But I haven't, aside from just like doing a plain shirt with the logo on it, I haven't really come up with anything that I I, I really like yet as far as um, like a design for anything yet. So that's not a hundred percent yet. But I have been thinking about a physical media release um, for Venero, and I I think that's what it would be if I do do that. That's killer. Yeah, I, I would rock some uh, VD or VL. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> merchandise, VL. Yeah. I also thought about this, and this is kind of silly, but it's funny because you called it VL. So um, I, 
I don't know how much trouble I would get in for doing this, but Louis Vuitton is oh, LV. dude, that's and, a great idea, yeah. man! Holy <laughs> shit, just inverting their logo so it's Yo, VL. <laughs> that would be amazing, dude. Are you all about that? I thought about doing something like that. So wow. that might be something I would do for for a T-shirt or something like that. And so everyone's like, "Oh, nice Louis Vuitton." It's like it's not a Louis Vuitton. It's a that's a clever machine. idea. Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have put a little thought into it, but uh, I haven't I haven't gotten to that point yet. But it it's it's I, I would like to, you know, again, that's another aspect of the creativity that I, I enjoy as well is is like, you know, the meat, the uh, you know, the, the media aspect of things, you know, the coming up with the artwork for these these different projects and and, you know, how the doing the photo shoots and like, and deciding on how to release the, you know, the, the CD and, or vinyl, you know? And so, um, that's an, that's a place that I haven't gone. I don't have a lot of experience with, um, but I'm excited to get to the point where I start to dabble in that as well. I've heard that people are buying CDs more these days. They, I mean, I, I, I don't know what, you know, compared to compared to a band like Tombs, I I don't know. I always do very limited runs. I've only done fifty run like fifty CD runs per um, per album, and uh, I have I've almost always like come like sold out of, of that. But I mean, it's like we're talking fifty, you know, yeah. and I, fifteen of those are probably you know friends of mine that bought it, right? <laughs> you know, right? But you don't you don't you have you're you don't perform live or go on tour, so that no. actually is pretty fucking good, really. Well, I never thought about it like that, but yeah, I guess so. I yeah. mean, I think in the world that you and I dabble in, you know, this underground music world, I think that people value the collectible aspect of, of, Absolutely. of stuff yeah, a lot yeah. more. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of, I know a lot of, uh, of our peers that, um, are releasing cassette tapes. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that, that sort of has been going on for a while, but it really, really ramped up during the pandemic. Yeah, I don't even know who has a cassette player anymore, but people are, well, you do. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I, I think it's interesting that people are, um, you know, I think it's cool. I think it's, there's a coolness about like a band being like, yeah, we got an EP. It's like, yeah, where can I get it? It's like here, it's on this cassette tape, you know, yeah. there's something, there's just something like, I don't know, cool about that. It's got an air of coolness well, to it, you know. I've I've always been a big fan of cassettes, just back in the '90s with like demos and stuff like sure, that. Sure, yeah. And like you know that when I first started really taking music seriously and trying to really do this for real, that was like the the what was available to do cheaply on your own without right. helping without someone from like a label putting it out. Right. But when I lived in Boston, there was like a I forgot the name of the place, but it was a spot where everyone went to get their cassettes made, uh -huh. you know, and it was like they had all these deals. So all those old bands that I did back when I was, you know, living up there had, you know, I always had cassette releases of like two song demos or four song demos and, and their handwritten cards and yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally. Like, that's you know, great. Like, yeah. like, or, you know, Kinko's specials, you sure. know, like, because back then no one had computers or no one knew really how to design anything. And it was like cut out artwork and right you know, photocopied stuff. And it's, that's, that's like why I love cassettes. You know what I mean? And then also like, it really embraces the DIY. Aspect. Yeah. 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 You know, and I'm like, you know, like this kind of romantic dude. So it's like, I would always, you know, some girl I, you know, had a crush on or whatever. I'd make her a cassette of like all these like songs. You know, uh, I, I used like, to do that too. Yeah, you, know, well, yeah. like, you know, like use different markers and, you know, come up with like a, title for it and I hand her a cassette and be like, yeah, I like you, you know, take this, check this out. And like the young, younger generation doesn't even like know like this, the trouble with tapes. Like you used to have like, you know, 
your tape would get caught in the rollers and you had to pull it out and then use like a pencil yeah. to like roll it back up <laughs> side of there. And also the whole thing of like like commercially manufactured cassettes, you can record over them by yeah, like yeah. putting tape over those putting tape tabs. Over that. You could do that with VHSs too. I didn't know that about VHSs. Yeah, there's a little square on the flats, like the, the broad side of it and you can put a piece of scotch tape over that. Fuck. That's how we used to, uh, we used to rent movies from like the local video store <clears throat> and you would just connect two excuse me you would connect uh like via like one of those um you know those screw in jack cables you would connect two vhs's together put a blank tape in one and play the other one and hit record and then you just have that tape and i had so many tapes in my house that were just black tapes with like a you know a piece of like masking tape on the side written on sharpie of what the movie was nice. right yeah <laughs> but um no i i i do like i do love the uh I do love that aesthetic too. And, and I, you know, one thing I would love to see, I, I mean, it'd be completely dumb, but it would be funny and, and equally parts cool is I'd love to see somebody like put out like an eight track. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's something that they, they don't even manufacture. Right. 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 Anymore, yeah. yeah. Here's a, here's a laser disc, you know, laser like, disc, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That'd be great. Everyone. That's one. You, you know what I wonder though? You know how like yesterday we were, um, you know, that analog, what the hell was it called? Like the analog horror stuff that we were watching. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, like Mandalic, Mandalic or Skin Marine and, and stuff this, like that. Yeah, like that. That, the guy from Skin Marine came from that scene where there's, you know, there's all these YouTube horror shows, horror mo- like series, you know, different seasons and everything where it's like, you know, DIY with that aesthetic from the 80s, you know, and the mm-hmm. 90s and stuff like that, all made by young people who were, you know, probably born during the eras when that stuff was actually happening. Right. And I wonder if music is going to kind of, with that sort of precedent set with like the analog horror stuff where cassettes, I, I wonder if with younger people, if cassettes are catching on, you know? Yeah, I, I think, you know, as time goes on, there becomes like, there, there becomes like a nostalgia for a time once, you know, that, that came and went. And like, you know, I remember like my dad would, when he was alive and I was younger, you know, he would talk about vinyl all the time. And he would talk like, you know, like it was like just the coolest thing ever, the way that he would describe it, you know. And he'd be like, you know, like when we get a record, we'd get two because one of them we'd get would be like the high fidelity. And you can, uh, only, you can only play the high fidelity about 10 times before it would lose the high fidelity wow. aspect and just become regular record. So you wouldn't bring the high fidelity one out unless you were like trying to show it off to your friends. And then oh, you, you would have the other one just like to listen to like your daily listener, you know. And like, and, and you know, and, like, you know, you see guys now in in lots of different genres of music, you know, anything from like the, the black keys to like, you know, like these, you know, like new new and up and coming uh, black metal bands where they're they're experimenting around with like older vintage amps and like using like analog, you know, recording and stuff like that and reel to reel recording instead of doing digital because they see the they see the benefit to it or they also see the uniqueness of it, you know, right. and standing out amongst the crowd, you know? And so I, I do, I do think that, yes, I, I think that people are becoming more interested in that because, you know, another thing too, that I, I've, I've been aware of, I don't really, it doesn't really bother me too much, but as, as time goes on, the more and more we listen to digital music, the more like our ears start to become attuned to that, like that that compression yeah a certain lack of dynamic range exactly digital stuff yeah right and then with analog you know you get the full spectrum of all the you know the nuances of the instruments and you know you can hear 
you can hear like you know the guy's fingers like sticking to the strings and slipping around when he goes from chord to chord you know and like and you can hear the breath between each note and stuff and and you're losing that with like the digital era because you know you can you can normalize and compress and quantize everything so it becomes a little bit more it becomes too perfect and i think after a while people realize that like you know it, it's or at least especially if they hear something that is like go to a live show or you hear something that's done on a vinyl record that was done analog analogly um like you can uh you, you you're like wow why why does this affect me more and it's like oh because it's, like it feels real you know yeah and i think i think music you know it's good if you just like want to listen to Spotify because you're like on a jog or if you're like, you know, on a drive or something like that, you know, it serves its purpose. But like if you're really sitting down to enjoy music or standing in a club to enjoy music, like you want that tactile realness that you get from those sorts of mediums, you know, albeit like whether it's live or if it's like an analog recording, you know, on some vintage, you know, PV classic you know, amp, you know, and some old Rickenbacker or something like that or old Gretsch guitar or like... That's interesting because, you know, we, we had a discussion about amp modelers too, like over the last couple of days sure. where, um, you know, you can get these, you know, like uh, Axe effects or Kempers and things like that. And um, it's like a, a model of an actual, you know, amplified analog <clears throat> amp, but it's digital. It's a digital replication of that. Right. And it does, it feels like even those, even though I, ha I have an Axe effects for certain things, which I use, like, you know, for like certain applications, I'll use that instead of an amp. But the... Um, you know, there is a loss, though, you know what I mean, in that going from analog to digital. There's like, it, it's like music almost just becomes like data or something or your performance or your, what you're doing to create music is more like, like data as opposed to like feelings or something, you know. When you made a good point, too, because I mean, I was thinking about that, you know, I was like, oh, you know, um, we were just, we were talking about this and I was like, you know, be so cool like you know like a band like cynic that can just all they have to do is you know bring a little usb drive and their guitars with them and then as long as they have like a good you know house pa they can play anywhere and they don't need to have any gear with them but then you were talking about that aspect and i started thinking about it and it was like you know one of the things like uh you just recently played in baltimore at the hell in the harbor fest and um you were uh, sharing sharing the the day with uh, the legendary cannibal corpse and um, one of the things about Cannibal Corpse that will forever remain, like keep them as one of my favorite live performances is as soon as you hear that, like the, just the heavy punch from those giant Mesa boogies or whatever amp they're Yeah, they're using bases, I think. Yeah. yeah. It just like sucks you in. Oh, yeah. You know, you just like, it just, you, your body starts to like involuntary react like to uh to like what you're hearing and and a lot of that comes from just that pure power that that amp is kicking out you know that the air and like the bouncing of those like you know speakers like yeah it's cool you know and like on tour like i've, I've had you know we played you know a lot of different types of bands and some some bands are you know like us we use real amps and stuff like that and some we've come across some bands who are like maybe the technical execution may, might be more of the, the in the forefront as opposed to the um, impact of the music sure. physically. Uh, and they use a lot of the only amp modelers. Like they don't have cabs on stage. Yet I feel like they are really two different trips. It's like if you're there just to watch, if your your thing is like technique and 
you know, acrobatics on the flip fretboard, maybe that's cool, you know, but if you're, th there's no physical punch with a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's why it probably works for a band like Cynic because most people are there to see Paul Mastival, like, you know, just yeah. uh, playing you know, as, as, as he does, you know, he's a very technical guitar player and they have a lot of, they really use a lot of effects on their songs. So it, uh, you know, because they use so many different effects, you, even if they had like real amps on stage, like that real amp sound is really kind of like not, it's not the, the in the forefront. It's yeah. like kind of in the background because they're using all these different delays and reverbs and, you know, all these, I mean, tons of tons of effects. If you've ever seen like a Cynic show or listened to a Cynic album, there's a lot going on that, that it makes, like you said, it probably does make more sense for a band like that to do it. Yeah, yeah we're going to see Cynic next month, actually. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, the um, but on the other hand, when we did the tour with Origin last year, you know those guys are you know, like John Longstreth is like playing him, you know, a thousand BPM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's insane. Playing, it's insane. You know, and and like you know, like Paul Ryan's like ripping up the guitar. You know, Mike Mike's killing it on the drums, and mm -hmm. it's like, but then they're used, but they're using like they have gear on stage, right, right. And I have to say, you know, as as crazy as the stuff they're playing. With the amps and the full like backline, it really is a physical thing too. Which yeah, is cool, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think after you and I had talked about it, I came to the conclusion that as 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 nice as it sounds to be lazy and not lug around a, a big cab with you, like to play live shows. I for me, I think that I will always prefer the yeah. having having the the real physical thing. Um, because it also like I, I did see Cynic um, once with uh, with the new thing that they were uh, pioneering was which was like this this ampless stage performance that they did, um, and I I gotta admit it, it felt a little bit weird. Yeah. Um. It, it felt a little bit weird because you know you it's like you know you and I grew up on. I hate to use that term rock and roll, but like, you know, rock and roll, like, you know, it's all about, you know, just the big drum set and the big amplifiers behind the guys. And, 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 uh, then it was, this was different. It was still a great performance. And I mean, I, I, I still back cynic a hundred percent, but it was weird. It was definitely weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, interesting. I think maybe like there's, uh, you know, going to be the kind of melding of the two, maybe you know probably with like because it is like you know even back in the day there'd be like effect digital effects processors that you put with an amp so maybe it's right. like this hybrid of like uh you know like an axe effects and like a you know like a 5150 or something like that you know well i will say too uh real quick that like um you know when you and i went to that guitar uh shop yesterday and we were looking at all those pedals there is something cool especially you know as a fan of music um when I'm like standing, you know, close to the stage, and I'm like watching a band that I really, really like, and I, and I'm trying to peek over and see like what, what he's using, what he's yeah. using. You know, yeah. he's got a big pedal board with all these yep. different like weird things, and you're like, what the hell is that thing? I've never seen that thing before, yep. you know. And so that there's like a there's a gearhead aspect of it too that like will be lost if like you're just using a bunch of onboard plugins, like you know that yeah, you would never know. I mean. They might model the, the the Ibanez tube screamer, but it's cooler to see the Ibanez tube screener than it is to. Well, that that also lead, lends to the other thing leads to the fact of the matter is that well that stuff is accessible from everybody and like you get like a delay on like Axe effects or whatever and it's like that's what comes with the package, right? You know, and right. it's like 
it's a generic sound that can be applied across the board. Sure, everybody. and that's a whole other aspect that I didn't even think about. But you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's there. a whole yeah. other argument, man. It's like using Microsoft, you know, Excel or something like that. You know, right. they're like, this is the same shit that everyone's using, but you maybe you're modifying it slightly different, but it's still the same goddamn thing. Right, man. right, right. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, dude, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. It's great having you here. Absolutely, and, um, man. Yeah, it was like uh, we still got a. You know, fucking full day of shit. <laughs> hell yeah, now. yeah. We're going to see fucking Emperor tonight, man. That's going to be dope as hell. I can't wait, dude. And um, yeah, so thanks for listening, everyone. And um, we'll talk to you next week. Take All right. care. Take care. Shall not be deterred Traveling